0: For all things marketing that you need to know, there's just one place to go. This show right here, CMO Convo. And it's story time on this episode as we're joined by Lorena Morales, Director of Global Marketing Revenue Operations at JLL. We're talking all about what makes a good marketing story at the moment, but we also take a look at how brands and their stories could be evolving in the future. So are you sitting comfortably, ready for a tale to inspire and illuminate how you tell marketing stories? It's time to begin. Hi Lorena, welcome to CMO Convo. How are you doing today?
1: Hi Will, it's such a pleasure to be here. I am good, enjoying not such a sunny day in San Francisco, but happy to be here.
0: I'm sure it's a sunnier day than what I'm having in Manchester in the UK at the moment, because it's never a sunny day in Manchester. (laughs) Um,
1: Well, you're right, I'll take that that back, I can't complain then.
0: but again it's all part of the all part of the storytelling around your city I suppose like look, San Francisco is famous for the sun Manchester's famous for its rain so I think that kind of does tie into what we're talking about today which is marketing storytelling and why it's so important and where it's going to look like in the future as well which is something I'm very excited to talk about but before we do get into that Lorraine maybe you can tell us a bit about yourselves and why we're talking about this subject today
1: totally uh, well, hi everyone. I'm Lorena Morales, the current, uh, director of global digital marketing and revenue operations at John Slang LaSalle or JLL. My background is a little bit of an interesting story talking about storytelling because I am, I am Mexican. I came to the U S because I had my formal education in product design. So I was one of those that could really create pretty much any service or any product. But then I realized, oh, shoot, I have no idea how to sell it. (laughs) So that's when marketing hit my head. And I was like, I need to learn marketing and I need to learn it the best possible way. And and I do believe in in school. Um, and in being surrounded by people that have either the same interests as you and learn from each other. So school for me was probably the best years of my life uh, in comparison with other people that don't believe in it. So I came, I did my first master's degree and I almost exclusively started working for startups because I realized that there's no other business in the world uh, that moves at 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 the pace that a startup does. And so I fell in love with the concept of the hyper growth uh, uh, thing. And then and then I, I, I followed my instinct and I, I was like, I need to keep learning and I need to keep learning design thinking because most of the organizations didn't, it's not that they didn't care about their customer, but they were not customer centric, centric organizations. They were more like product led um, mm-hmm. organizations or like not even that this was back in 2012. So then uh, 2015, I go, I moved to New York, and I did my second master's degree in strategic design management, which I mean, apart from the fancy title, means that you understand design thinking and human centered design as a crucial part of what you do in life professionally. So that's how I've been running teams and, and revenue ultimately for the past, uh, almost 11 years of my career in marketing. So it's it's been a fun ride at at jll i am revenue operations that sits on marketing uh weirdly enough uh i don't do branding i don't do uh, messaging these types of things anymore at jll um because now i'm on the more operational side of marketing more like how to understand how marketing activities are impacting revenue so that's what i am doing today globally with the regions that are more profitable for the company So very interesting because another story to tell is that at the very beginning, my accent was kind of a limiting belief of mine and people didn't really understood me at the very beginning. So I had to take like English classes and speaking classes and all these things in order to be good at marketing and so today is one of my biggest assets right people find it either interesting or charming or something but it attracts people when i talk to them so that's that's what i'm doing currently that's who i am and um yeah
0: fantastic fantastic thank you very much lorena so let's start i suppose this this might sound very basic to a lot of our audience but i think it does is worse uh, starting with the foundations let's talk about why marketing and storytelling are so important why are they so linked together like what is it about storytelling marketing that go hand in hand
1: i think we'll first of all when we talk about storytelling and, and 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 marketing like the first thing to say is storytelling is a muscle whether we like it or not and it's one that if you develop it will allow you to become a better listener which for me is one of the hardest things in life um once someone that I, that I cared really deeply about told me that we should use our ears and our mouth in that proportion. We have two ears and one mouth. <laughs> and so when you, when you think of it, people don't listen. They only hear words, but they don't stop and really listen to the person they have in front. The marketer by nature should be the biggest listener of the, of the, of the, of the, of the customer voice of the company. Without that, the marketer is lost. And a story, regardless if it's, if it's um, with utilizing words or images is, is much about planning the story as it is about the actual story, storytelling. And this is exactly how marketing works because, or at least I don't, I don't know if, if, if marketers go there and don't plan anything, but like at least <laughs> the way I do things is I, 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 I plan every single piece of the strategy that I have in mind. Otherwise, I end up being reactive, and I don't think um, I don't think any good marketer um, um, forgets about the the planning piece of things. So I think those are two things that really relate. And to your question on like, what are the benefits of, of, of stories well well told? I think will they mostly serve as a medium to to make complexity digestible for the audience. And more than that, I think they they open a world of possibilities. Listening to stories, I love to to, to listen the stories, especially of people um, and our companies, because they they make my imagination go wild, and they they make me a better conversational uh, person. Right? Like you have more, you have a biggest um, a biggest uh, a, a, a biggest library of content to share at the at the at the at the end. So I think that's 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 what, that's how it links to marketing and that's why it's important.
0: I really like that idea of, it, of stories as simplifying complexity rather than making how you're trying to communicate things more complicated by telling a story around it. Like, I mean, some of the oldest stories humanity tells is about complex things and we're trying to simplify them and make them understandable. Like, how does the sun move across the sky? Why do animals do certain <laughs> things? So again, why can't we tell stories about how your I'm going to pull out a random business type your b2b business is going to generate more leads for example like that's a story like me tell that's a complex idea that you have to communicate so a story is mm-hmm. bringing that down to a more simplified way so that's a really really interesting way of thinking about it so when it comes to sort of the planning right. of a story like how do you how do you approach that like how do you plan out a solid story do you start with like is it a three-act structure that kind of thing if we're going with like those old still old school literature ideas or is it more about like <laughs> more about different processes like uh, like what's the goal of the story that kind of thing
1: you just hit the head the 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 nailing head it's about it's about the goal, but it's more about the goal it's more about the audience who am I gonna tell this story about who is gonna care about listening this thing that I have to 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 say and then you plan the 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 components that we are gonna talk about in a little bit i I, I guess but uh it's more thinking first of all every time that i do something uh, any engagement i ask who is the audience uh when i'm a speaker when i'm a a a panelist when i'm a in a podcast when i'm in a meeting especially when i'm in a meeting i say like who is the audience of this meeting who is when i create a document i always ask who is the audience who's going to digest this thing because every story and i'm going to talk about this a little later but like you have to understand that that you need to 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 change certain components of 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 each story to kind of hit that target or that audience. Um, if that makes sense,
0: for sure, for sure. And understanding how to what story to tell, how to change certain elements, goes back to your original point about being a listener. You have to know your audience and know what they're asking for mm-hmm. to be able to tell the right stories to them. So it's all a big loop, and I really like that that approach for sure. Um, let's let's talk about the um, uh, yeah, Let's talk about the different components then that go into the story. That, that when it comes to actually mapping them out, like what, what what do you start with right at the beginning, and then how do you work down or how do you work through the story?
1: I think most people, if you ask them this question, are going to tell you like, go and look for 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 the the main things that appear on the internet, right? Like the plot, the conflict, and the resolution, and like this and that. Not necessarily for me, a good story needs to create first of all, and it's gonna sound a little controversial, I know, but it needs to create some level of friction in order to be interesting or engaging um, and as I was saying before, each story makes its own demands on you, so you have to be a little bit of a chameleon in order to adapt to to it and sometimes sometimes the better stories are the messier ones right like the ones that you you hear more 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 conflict and more more difficulties and more struggles and more like those are the ones that attract people the most generally uh also i would say you need to be interested in 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 what you are saying yourself like in order to like a a big component of of storytelling is Interest. Like, if you are not interested in what you are saying, let's be honest. We live in a hyper-stimulation era where everything is an opportunity that to catch our attention. Everything. You, 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 you have an, an amount of apps in your phone that is crazy to me, and you have an amount of channels to connect in your company that is even more crazy to me. So, if you're not generally interested in what you're telling, people will notice because we are not stupid anymore. We're gonna cut things right away and eventually stop listening. So I think those are the, the main components for me. Like everyone is gonna tell you like the Pixar framework that I actually use and I and I actually love very, very much for those who haven't heard about the Pixel um the Pixar um storytelling framework, Pixar, the way they do their movies, it always follows the same storytelling format. And it's something like once upon a time, when this, then that, then that, then that, because of that, and then till till the end. So it's a, it's a framework that I find very, very interesting. However, for me, the main components are what I told you, like interest and friction. Friction, 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 uh, and adaptability. So those three things, I think, are what have made me a good storyteller. Or people have told me that I'm a good storyteller. <laughs> Maybe I'm lying to myself, and I am not. But uh, but that's what that's what I would say in that in that regard.
0: Now, you mentioned adaptability there, and you also mentioned different channels. How important is it to make sure? stories can be adapted to the channels they're being told on, because surely different channels, different platforms required, well, they'll have different audiences to begin with, but also have different ways of telling that story on those platforms.
1: Correct. I think, for example, when you, the first question that that, that we discussed was like your audience, right? If you have decided that your audience is going to be, I don't know, in socials, you need to be very careful of like, who are your competitors What are the stories that they are telling to the same audience so you need to kind of really almost do like a market research before going into storytelling and then take really really into consideration who has done it before you and who has done it effectively before you if it's a book you need to go and find the authors that that are really really um, engaging like for me adam grant is one of the people that i always consume his content no matter if it's in socials no matter if it's in a book no matter if it's in a podcast no matter where it is like he has this this thing uh, a genesoqua that 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 is seems inspiring and that he knows how to adapt to every single channel and i think i am i am in i am a work in progress not every, not every time i hit it on 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 point because especially socials is something that it's hard for me not LinkedIn. and on LinkedIn I'm, I'm fairly good but like Twitter and like of course I'm not on in TikTok people I am not in TikTok so <laughs> don't look at me in TikTok because I don't understand that thing but um but like the other the other platforms I are, are really they offer us so much possibility that's the thing that you have to be really nimble and really fast to kind of get used to it and adapt to it and, and to make sure that you utilize that technology correctly. Otherwise, again, it's going to be a disaster.
0: Um, it's interesting why you talked about why Adam Grant's work was so attractive to you. It, it sounds like it's sort of like his personality behind it. Is that important when it comes to telling a good story? How important are human elements when it comes to a story and marketing in I particular? Think-
1: I think it's because I relate to him. Like he, he, yeah, Professor and like all these really nice things. I am dying to become a pro... I, well, I was teaching a couple of uh, of months ago. Uh, but I think when he talks about himself and how he is actually an introvert that has become kind of an extrovert because of, of the nature of his work, uh, uh it's it's fascinating to me because i i see some of the pieces of him in me and i because that that was me right like i i, I am an, an extreme introvert i used to have a starter that i had to get rid of when i was um when i came to the u.s around the age of 24 23, 24 it sometimes come back when i'm super nervous or like you're gonna notice it sometimes when i'm recording or something but like those things that make me Lorena are the things that make me interesting. So I think it's the same with Adam Grant. Like he's this super geeky uh, psychologist that really talks to you about things that nobody's willing to talk about and that everyone is thinking but nobody's gonna be able to to say it. Right? Like he talks about the work and how and how you you need to to understand yourself and do more internal work in order to be a better coworker. Like all these things are useful and his stories are information that at the end you can utilize to then tell your story, right? To adapt to yourself and then tell your story. Because I think one of the biggest things about storytelling is like if you are not comfortable telling your own story, you are lost. Don't don't even go to storytelling. Like that's where everything starts. Like you need to be able, and you need to be comfortable telling your own story before anything else in this world. And if people don't find that interesting, then you need to tweak it because every single person has a story to tell and every single person has a story um, and elements that are not repeatable person by person. So I think that's where everything starts and, I, and that's why I'm fascinated by his work.
0: Uh, I'm gonna... Focus on one word in particular that you used um, there, Lorraine, if you don't mind. Relatability. Relatability. How important is that mm-hmm. when it comes to, to stories? Like, can humans, can it, humans businesses, whatever you want to call it, whatever your audience is when it comes to your marketing, can they relate to things mm-hmm. that, like, they can't properly empathize with? It? How close does a story need to be to their actual situation to be effective, do you think?
1: I think relatability is could be another component now that you tell me now that you catch it because in marketing at least we started to understand that throwing a bunch of content through the through the funnel and see what sticks almost like spaghetti to the wall and see what sticks didn't really work personalization came to marketing for a reason and i see, and i think that reason is precisely relatability uh, because if you can't connect to certain personal fibers of the user or the yeah, or the end user, there's really low chances that they are gonna pay attention to you. People still read like this impression that people that everyone is in TikTok. Sorry again for the for the TikTok <laughs> thing, but like the the impression that everyone is in these hyper new tools. Um, is wrong. People still read research. People still read uh, postcard. People still read these things that were media that uh, that's, that 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 was stopped using used when when social media ar- arise. But I think as long as you are relatable to them, and as long as you find those things that they care about, and meet them at the point that they are in in the in the funnel, which by the way now it's a bow tie. Um, I think you have really great chances of success. So you are totally right. Will that relatability is something that needs to be there as a component?
0: So personalization—that's a—that's a big word that gets thrown around a lot in in marketing world. Is that is that where the future of marketing story is going to be? Is it going to be hyper personalized stories towards every single individual? Is that where you see things going?
1: Totally. I think I think that's one of the scenarios. Uh, we either we find and utilize the technology that needs to be there um, in order to to personalize to the contact level, right? Because right now you see a lot of companies um, um, personalizing content uh, per industry or per account. And there's a bunch of really cool tools like Drift and like uh, Six Sense and like all these companies in the Bay Area that allow you to know exactly what, it, what is where is your audience in what stage in order to bring those stories to them at the right moment so i think the future what is gonna be is gonna be it's it's already here in some platforms in the b2c world however it's not here in the b2b world in the b2c i was having this conversation with a friend where he was telling me like it's kind of scary the way alexa and these other products listen to you and then it shows in your phone automatically and my, my answer was, I'm actually okay with those things happening to me, I'm, I love it. I'm a marketer, like on, on Instagram, when, when something appears and, and, and it's something that I like, I'm gonna buy it because I'm a sucker for good marketing and good packaging. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there and I'm gonna buy it. And even my partner is like, can you please stop? Because, <laughs> because you, you need to stop at some point. But uh, my problem is with bad targeting bad mm-hmm. targeting, bad storytelling is is where I draw the line, is where I say like, you know what, you're blocked or like I try to do something about it. But like, I think of, of either two scenarios in the, in the future, like either one when we feel kind of melancholic about the past and we, we go back to basics in the sense of really observing, observing and creating interesting characters, because that's also another thing you need to create, a character of your story uh in the case of marketing is generally the customer Mm -hmm. or an alternative future where where speed will play a definite role and maybe we'll see more visual stories than ever before instead of written or 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 other type of media um which is also starting to happen so i think i think that's that's what the future of storytelling is
0: awesome awesome let's uh let's talk a bit about those those visual storytelling elements because we We've, we've been hearing a lot about VR and AR as like marketing tools for a while now, and I've seen some very cool applications of that, particularly in the B2C world. But is there is there uh-huh. potential in ways that we tell marketing stories, the way that we like help our customers move through their brand experiences using AR and VR? Do you think there's potential there?
1: Yes. It's it's funny that, that you mentioned it, because I was working at some point a couple of years ago in VR, for real estate so like how to show how to show for example a property how would it look like when the furn the furniture was already there in the in the vr application and and so that's a story to tell right like to tell the consumer imagine yourself living here with this and that and like you walk through the bathroom and everything is pretty and you have flowers in the apartment already and like so I, I, I got to see that. And so I think now what the metaverse offers, I'm not super educated on that because I'm, I'm, that's, a, that's one of the topics that kind of scares me to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, but the metaverse and like these things that are starting to happen as we speak or like probably they know something that we still don't know is um, it's something that, that is going to play an important role for sure, for sure. I just don't know what's gonna be the extent uh of it
0: so larry i'm gonna I'm gonna circle back now um because we've talked a lot about sort of like external marketing, but one of the things that you mentioned earlier in the the discussion was uh, storytelling and meetings, and let's talk about internal storytelling like how do you tell stories to other stakeholders within the business to get them aligned with sort of like your marketing strategies and stuff like how important is it to tell? a story about the story that you're going to tell? Very hard
1: for me because I didn't have the fluidity that I have now, the verbal language in business. Like the big, because one thing is like you speak English. Another completely different thing is you speak business English and people don't see that in an immigrant, right? Like when we come to, to another, another country to, to live and to change the way we understand life and the way we understand businesses and the way we, even the way we eat, even the way we understand humor, everything changed for me. So at the very beginning, I have to admit I was not a really good storyteller because I didn't have these components. Today, after 10 years, I mean I don't think my English is getting any better. Don't get don't get too far on that. But like actually I think I'm one of the people that my English gets worse and worse with the years. I, I have no idea <laughs> why. But uh but now as a as a woman, as an executive woman, I have I'm not afraid of my of my of my accent anymore. I understand humor a little better because I I have made sure to surround by people that understood the local humor and the local culture of the Americans. And so to how to to your question on like how you tell these stories is now I am now that I am on, on more on the operation side of marketing I utilize data. Data to tell a story. That's my my companion every every single time that I need to tell a story in a meeting or something like that especially at the level that uh, when you're a director or a vice president or like these kind of upper management roles you need to have data in order to tell a story otherwise people don't believe you and you can be great with, with words and you can have the charisma and you can have all of these components but if you don't have the data you don't have anything to back up what you are
0: saying and i suppose it's about being a way being able to explain that data in a way that's understandable to your audience as well not everyone you're going to be presenting this data to will know all of the important stuff to do with marketing operations or revenue operations so you're going to have to be able to tell the story about what this data is showing to people I suppose like is that something you've had to get to grips with in terms of understanding your audience in that in that respect
1: yes and I need to understand the data which is not my background so (laughs) yet another challenge in my in my life right like I don't know why I end up in situations where I'm very, very uncomfortable, but uh, that's what has made me adaptable and that what has made me, um, Nassim Taleb, uh, the author of of, uh, Black Swan and other fantastic books, he doesn't like the concept of resilience. He called it, um, right now I forgot, um, um he called it oh my god uh i don't know why i'm i'm losing it but the main point is that he doesn't believe on resilience because the 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 ultimate point is not to go back to where you were but to be better a better version than in the past so that resistancy is what has made me better at what i do so not only understanding the audience but understanding the data but understanding the people around you but understand yourself but understand so it's it's a lot of work to be a really good storyteller uh to be honest
0: i bet i bet i mean a lot of different stories to manage and juggle at the same time you've got your own story <laughs> you've got your internal brand story you've got your external brand story you've got like your entire career story to manage as a marketing leader so yeah a lot of things to keep track of a lot of things that cross over and intersect in interesting ways as well i bet so
1: the word is anti-fragile i just remember and it's actually the name of the book uh for whoever wants to read it it's a fantastic book it talks about systems and how in order to make them better you have to break them and so that's that's what i love about this another story yet there that Every, like if we understood something if you allow me to say it will after the pandemic um I think a lot of people needed uh mental mental help because we were we we were c- c- constrained of hugging people of touching people of talking to people so like everyone started to talk about resiliency and like how we were gonna be better more resilient than ever. And when I read the book, I was like, this guy is right. Like, that was never the purpose. Why would I go back to a version of myself that I that I was in the past? The The entire point of the human being is to evolve to another thing. It can be better, it can be worse, but the point is evolution, right? And change and movement. So I just wanted to kind of add that to the conversation.
0: No, it's, it's an important point as well. Um, I mean, I think especially, I don't want to... I know people are calling it a post-pandemic world that we're in at the moment, but there are certain parts of the world that are still dealing with COVID um, in pretty major ways. But the idea that I think storytelling is even more important in a post-pandemic world because it's a way of showing empathy to people. And empathy is something that's very important in how we're moving into this sort of new way of living, especially with all the other stuff that's on the horizon at the moment, with sort of the economic crises and stuff that's sort of a knock-on effect of COVID. So Mm -hmm. storytelling... And it goes all the way back to what you said right at the start of the episode, Lorena, about good storytellers are good listeners. Good storytellers understand their audience, they have empathy for their audience, and they know what they're going to connect to as well. And I think that's an important skill to have as a marketer and as a human being, dare I say that big, big idea? But yeah, that's just my perspective on it. So I agree. In terms of how things are moving forward with how we tell marketing in the future, You said, particularly with the personalization stuff, like there are things like that happening already. A lot of companies are using it as the norm. It's not new fancy technology. Is it something that CMOs need to be, CMOs and marketing leaders need to be looking at now? How are they gonna involve their storytelling in the future? Or is there sort of a bit of lead time and how they they, they can let things go with how they're managing at the moment and wait until these new technologies become more popular or should they be looking into these now and thinking ahead?
1: No, I don't I think waiting, the one that waits is the one that loses. Um no, you should never wait for things to catch and, and hit your face. You should be a futuristic kind of marketer where you are comfortable planning scenarios and planning A and B and C and what would happen if D happens or 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 and, and be multiverse in, in that sense. I I think technology as I as we were saying is is evolving as we speak. I think the most interesting thing is gonna be how we consume information. Like I don't think we're gonna be consuming information the same way that we are today or in the same format. So that will be actually a cultural component there. I wish I can predict the future, but unfortunately I, I can't. But my thinking goes that the 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 changes that have been happening have been very drastic. And we were just talking about the, the pandemic, what more drastic you want like like that. One channel completely disappeared in marketing, which was field marketing. Suddenly from one day to the next one, budgets changed. A channel, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, like a channel was lost. Nobody knew what to do with events. And if that was your main source of, of literation, then you were lost. So people needed to start kind of evolving to the next thing that that was more digital marketing and so i think the best thing that we can do as marketing leaders is iterate and iterate fast and as often as possible because that's that's the way you become um kind of a chameleon right like to adapt to all these uh, whatever the future we live in and um and the other thing i think as, as marketers is find our voices. Find our voices when it comes to, to storytelling, because that is something you can't really learn or you can't really teach. According to to this one writer that I am forgetting again, Michael Lewis. Michael Lewis. Um, people either have voices or they don't. So it, it sounds a little weird to say, like, you either have it or you don't. And if you don't, you are pretty much effed no, you, you you're not. It doesn't mean like that. It, it It means more like if you don't find the thing that makes you original, you have a really tough way to go in in terms of storytelling. Sounding like ourselves, we have a huge impact on the audience. So I think to your to back to your question on like, should we wait to, to these technologies to come? No, we should be start to, to put our eyes in what's coming. Like, especially in Silicon Valley, you have access to the things that are being built already and that are gonna come in the next five years or 10 years. And you, that's why I love San Francisco because the access to the future in this city is unbelievable. Like when the first um, uh, driverless cars were were starting to be a topic, you already saw them in the streets of San Francisco. When the scooters were starting to be a topic, San Francisco was already full of them. so I think I am at least i am i am i am cautious enough to live in a city where I can see that future and where I can become that futuristic marketer. I don't know if that's possible with every single city, but like I know Japan is another is another place where that happens really really um at a rate that is really, really high uh Berlin, like these cities that are super um yeah, that they that they be that they believe in, in a better future and that they iterate a lot and that they, they do a lot of prototyping and that you see those prototypes in re, in, in real life. I think it's amazing what, what we can do as marketers.
0: Fantastic, Lorraine. I think that's a, that's a great note to, uh, to end on there. Um, and I'm sure our listeners have very much enjoyed our conversation today. It's been super duper relevant to what's going on in the CMO role right now, what's going on in terms of how we how we market in general as well. So thank you very much, Lorraine. I'm sure our audience enjoyed it very much. And Thanks thank- to you,
1: Will. It's been such a pleasure
0: it's always a pleasure having people like you on the on the show Lorena because I love talking about these types of topics so thank you very much and thank you to our audience as well we'll be back soon with some more CMO combos
1: thank you everyone
0: like what you heard from this CMO combo make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was